Hey, how you doing? Simon. Not too bad. So, uh, could you introduce yourself to the viewers and let us know what you do for a living? Hey, uh, everyone. My name is June. Um, currently uh, working for uh, Kenny Cage, and um, I'm one of the production production manager on the road, and uh, be able to taking care of uh, with all the fighters and as far as photographs and um, videos and all that. That's uh, what I do with Kenny Cage. Be able to make sure that you know all the footage is well done before um, before we give it out and view for for a lot of people, millions of people, I should say. So, for the people wondering, why did you choose to work in MMA photography? Well, you know, the um, MMA photography—it's it's actually. Uh, it's actually fun. Um, you know, I got into it like 2012. Um, I was actually a wildland firefighter here and um, out in uh, Southern California, and still, you know, and still is, and not, but not active. But then, when I went to uh, King of the Cage, they gave me an opportunity. Uh, actually, Steve Inman is the one who gave me an opportunity uh, to become be in charge of uh, the footage. You know, as far as the fight footage and all that, and uh, photos, and uh, you know, be able to be worked with uh, under Steve Inman and Terry Trebilcock and you know it's it's a blessing and you know that's it's why I'm here and you know I will continue to grow and uh, I fell in love with MMA you know family as far as jiu-jitsu wise um, you know I, I pretty much you know fell in love with that through um, through MMA so really blessed to be you know to be here with uh, King of the Cage. When did this journey all begin for you, like from the very start? Uh, this all this journey, King of the Cage journey, started uh, 2012. Um, when um, actually, you know, like I said, it started through, uh, you know, Steve Inman through Joe Daddy, and then Steve Inman, and then um, you know, until now, I'm still working under Inman Production and you know, and King of the Cage Production. This, this, you know, cool. all of this started 2012. So, what are some of what are some of the places that you traveled as a uh, MMA photographer? Uh, for me, I have traveled through King of the Cage under King of the Cage. I've, I've traveled pretty much Indonesia, um, Singapore. Sent me back to Philippines, where my, you know, where I'm from, and Mexico. And Cuba, Cuba actually, um, you know it, it's you know I've been I've been through a lot you know a lot of places. There's more places I've been through, and you know also around the U.S. and you know I've been I, I've traveled with them, so been it's been a blessing. I find it pretty cool that you get to uh, travel doing what you love. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's uh, it's you know. It's uh, I'd say uh, it's a lot of responsibility, you know. And I mean, yeah, you know, we're out, we're you know, we're out there trying to um, you know, doing doing kind of like two things at a time. But first of all, we have to you know take care of our you know our footage, our product, you know, the stuff that we have to do with the fighters, 
deal with the fighters, you know, do the weigh-ins and, you know, do my pre-fights, film, you know, you know, film the fighters and, you know, do the photos. So it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's really fun and it's, it's not racking at, you know, at the, at the same time. It's like, it feels like, you know, it feels like we're the one fighting, you know, <laughs> but, you, know you know, especially when the fight, when the fight starts, that's when, that's when, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I get nervous every day, you know, every time. Every time we have a show coming up, and you know, it's it's always a nervous, nerve-wracking for me. You know, I just think, you know, thank God that I have, you know, I have a pretty good, pretty good crew on the road that kind of, you know, back me up and help me out and make, you know, make things happen. And what would you say the best part of your job would be, in your opinion? The best part of my job would be, um, you know what. I like challenge. Best part of my job would be being in charge on the road, like kind of like manning up to it. It's kind of like you know, this is this is this is my product. This is my thing, and this is you know something that not handed to me. It's kind of like this is what you know Steve Inman taught me, and other people taught me, and you know for the most part it's Steve. So you know, thank you know, thank God for for you know having me kind of like you know, trusting me be, you know, to be in charge of it, so. How does your jiu-jitsu training help you understand your profession a little more? Um, actually, it, it, you know, it, you know, it helps, it helps a lot, you know, you know, especially me when I go to, when I go, you know, when I train jiu-jitsu, you know, I'm always looking for some, you know, moves, and so I'm always looking for some finishes and that's that's what main thing for me and uh, as far as a person that's filming because when i started jiu-jitsu in 2012 and i started filming in 2012 at the same time but i was already you know taking photos back in the days when i used to live in san francisco i was just you know doing photography it's like landscape but then i got into it with mma in 2012 and i'm like thinking okay you know what let me let me see what 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 am i taking photo here what am i shooting here I'm not just one of those photos like, okay, you know, I'm going to see this, you know, punch fly and I'm going to take a shot of that. I was like, you know, what's going to happen after that? I'm kind of like thinking mm -hmm. the whole thing for me. So I jumped and, you know, I jumped on the mat and started learning, you know, jujitsu on my own and I fell in love and I'm like, okay, it's a lot better for me now because I, you know, now I can visualize what I'm trying to shoot for. I can visualize ahead of time what I'm trying to, you know, like take a photo off. So it, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually, you know, I actually got, you know, got into it more, more in jujitsu, you know, than, than photo now. So I'm like, but I'm trying to balance both. <laughs> fun gig. It's a fun gig for both. You know I mean? I, I get to learn a lot of mixed martial artists, you know, you know, like one of them is your brother. <laughs> And you know, a lot of a lot of you know, a lot of great fighters that I that I've met here on out. And you know, I'm truly, you know, it's a truly blessing for me that be able to be, you know, become a mixed martial artist and be ranked. Something I've never done in my life. So, and that's uh, something I'd probably bring it back when I go back home. Talking about jujitsu, uh, um, uh, what gym do you train out of? My bad. Um, currently right now, um, I'm training under, 
Francisco Davila, Prof Professor Francisco Davila, and he's from out here in uh, Phelan, California. We, you know, that's one of our gym. Check us out on, um, you know, on uh, Google. Google us out, Davila Jiu-Jitsu, out in Phelan. That's uh, that's what I train on. You know, that's what I'm training with now. And let's say, what advice would you give someone who is interested in pursuing a career in MMA photography? You know, I mean, my my thing is just you know keep on keep on filming, keep on photographing. You know, I mean, you know, somewhere, some somehow you're gonna you know you're gonna land to you know stuff that you want to do. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things out there instead. You know, not just not just MMA. For me, it's just, you know, MMA is just fun, you know. I think it's just a lot more fun to film or photo shoot than anything. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a wedding type of person, so I probably won't even want to do the wedding. <laughs> now we're going to get to uh, some interesting questions. When did you know you wanted to become an MMA photographer? Um... You know what I, I you know I just like I said it was just uh, it was just that moment that you know it was it was just that moment that was handed on to me and say you know it's kind of like a takeover kind of thing so yeah <laughs> cool how does it feel so close to be to the action how's it what how does it feel to be so close to the action? You know what? To be, you know, like to be, you know, to feel so close to be on the action. It, it's, it's kind of, you know, sometimes it's, it's like, kind of nerve wracking for me because, uh, I mean, you hear, you hear punches, you hear people getting, you know, like, like especially in the rib, you get cracked in the rib <laughs> or submissions, you know, broken, you know, broken, like bones and all that. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, I somehow know how it feels because I, I, you know, I do, I do grapple myself. I do wrestle. I don't fight, but I, you know, I do some, some, some kind of striking. So kind of know how it feels and, you know, be, being out there, like being so close to it. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of glad that that's not me. <laughs> it's not me getting hit or I'm not the one hitting, you know, I mean. It's really fun for me just to, you know, just to absorb the, the sport and just to, you know, respect the sport and, you know, be out there with the guys. It's, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. This is, this might be a complicated one, but uh, if you had the opportunity to film a fantasy matchup of your choice, what would that be? Fantasy matchup? You're talking about like a matchup between two person? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or like a two fighter, you mean? Does it have yeah, to be male fighters, or female? Whoever, whoever you'd like. Hmm. Well, under King of the Cage. Hmm. I want. I like. You know what? I like watching. I, I like watching Anthony Romero. I enjoy. I enjoy watching him. Be honest with you, he's he's one of my favorite fighter out there, and very humble guy, very humble, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, very humble person, and not trying to be biased and all that. It's just it's just uh, 
you know, he's set. I mean, you know, maybe a couple of his teammates, but I would say he's at 155. Boy, that's tough. It's the last last time he fought. I'd say I want to see him and uh, Frank Schumann if he can fight at 155. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just a curious question. You don't get hungry at all while you're filming? I get hungry all the time. So, yeah. I get hungry and thirsty. So, sometimes we're like... We're all thinking like, oh, when is the, when is it going to be over? Is there anyone you would like to shout out? And where can we find you on social media? Um, you know what? I would like to you know, send a shout out to you first. Thank you for you know, having me on this... Um, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, get the interview with you. I was, you know, I, you caught me, you know, caught me off guard in here and I, I, you know, it wasn't expected. So, you know, thank you for having me here. And, um, you can always follow me at, uh, my Instagram at Pasqueezy. And you can always follow me at, on Facebook, J1 Pasqueezy. And, uh, follow us, kingofthecage.com. Um, we got a lot of show coming up and shout out to your brother. And the rest of the um, um, teammates out there in uh, New York. Or, no, you guys in uh, Canada, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Shout out, shout out to all the people in Canada. So, you know, your brother and your brother's team especially. Hopefully, I'll see you guys again. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon, September. As always, I appreciate for. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to have a quick chat. Uh, we'll hopefully catch up soon. All right. Yes. Talk Thank to you, you soon. Peace. Peace. Joining me on the fifth episode of Behind the Grind is the WBO Junior Lightweight Champion of the World, Jamel Semperfi Herring. Fighting off of Long Island, New York, former U.S. Marine and captain of his 2012 U.S. Olympic team. Last but not least, the face of top rank, Anadiz Boxing, Jamel, how's it going? What's going on, man? How's it going today, man? Not too bad. Before we begin, champ, can you tell us a thing or two about yourself? Oh, well, I mean, you, you pretty much covered, it, covered a good amount of it. Uh, so, 2012 Olympian, um, U.S. Marine veteran, um, born and raised in um, Long Island, New York, and currently WBO World Champion. Now, November 9th, you're defending your title against Lamont Roach Jr., correct? Correct. Have you studied any tape on him, and how do you see it playing out? It should be a good fight. I, I personally know, I personally know Lamont. You know what I mean? Um, we actually sparred a couple of times in the past. Uh, um, I, I've known him for over ten. Well, it should be an interesting fight, but I believe I have all the tools to come out on top. 
How do you feel knowing you not only represented your country once, but twice? Oh, man, it's crazy, man. Like I said, I represented them um, not only in the ring, but on the battlefield as well. So, you know, it was an honor just to, um, you know, carry on tradition and represent myself as a Marine. Talking about the ring, what are some of the biggest obstacles you have accomplished, not just in your boxing career, but in life in general? Um, I think my biggest obstacle was overcoming when my um, my daughter had passed away and trying to, you know, find the motivation to continue to push forward. But, um, you know, once I took, you know, seeing the positive things in life you know, and people around me helped me move on, and, you know, I, I eventually got to where I'm at today because of very, um, all the, you know, the love and support that I have around me. Would you say that's the reason that it kind of inspired you to uh, begin or continue a sport like boxing? Oh, yeah, of course. Because if I was going to, um, you know, keep her honor and memory alive, I was going to be known as a quitter. You know what I mean? So I felt that advancing, I should give everything the best of uh, to my ability and keep and keep pushing forward. I felt that advancing, I should give everything the best of uh, to my ability and keep and keep pushing forward. Why did you choose to represent Adidas, knowing that there's other brands out there like Under Armour or Nike? Um, I actually was representing um, Nike at one point in time in my um, professional career. Just that, um, you know, once my time was finished with Nike, Adidas came with a better offer, I mean, I'm going to say. And I went from there. So but, um, right now I'm with Adidas. You know, who knows what may happen in the future. I could go back to Nike or Reebok or, like you said, Under Armour. But right now, Adidas is me as a brand. And where did your nickname Semperfy generate? Oh, that's the um, Marine Corps model for Always Faithful. So, you know, once I turned pro, everyone know me as, you know, a Marine. So they said, you know, they just kept calling me Semperfy, and it, and it just stuck with me. So here we are today, you know, Jamel Semperfy Harry. Do you find that being Southpaw actually gives you a slight advantage? Um, I believe it does in some, some ways. I know, I know a lot of right-handed fighters have a difficult time with Southpaw. So, um, you know, I, I try to use going to be one of those traits to the best of my ability, but I mean, there are some smart fighters that pick up, but you will find a lot of fighters that are, are right-handed that don't have a difficult time with stopping. Having 92 amateur fights, do you feel that gave you a good enough reason to become professional? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, all, all, that, um, all the boxing experience from my amateurs um, plays a big part. Like I said, um, the amateur pedigree, of course, going to the Olympic, international experience, that all, you know, played a big part into where I'm at today because my last opponent, as, you, as we all know, he didn't have any amateur experience, so I, I felt that I was ahead of the curve in the, in the, slight, in the slightest. Well, you already explained on uh, where you're actually from, so what does a basic day of training look like for you? Long, man. Like, there's this times every other day we'll have three, three, you know, three training sessions. You know, we'll go from, um, we'll go from uh, maybe a run in the morning, a regular gym workout, and then we'll go swimming at night. So yeah, it's hectic. Does that continue during camp? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's when that's when I really picked up is when camp starts. Um, but then, you know, in a normal day or a normal just a regular day, I might just go out for a run because I like to stay, you know, stay loose, stay busy. I mean, I will hit the gym, but for camp, camp like I said, um, those like it's seven days of training, seven days. But we um we measure it just right so we don't overtrain and kill our bodies too much. Last couple of questions for you, Jamel. Where can we find you on social media, and is there anyone you would like to shout out? Um, you can find me on social media at Jamel Herring. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I keep it simple. You know what I mean, bro. 
I don't like to have all those crazy names, but I just want to give a shout out to just everyone who out there supports me. Of course, my um, teams, um, my sponsor PG Sports, like you pointed out, Adidas, um, the Conte Boxing, who um does my who does my my my, my outfit attire for the for the ring, Kingston Kingston Coffee, and that's pretty much about it, man. I just appreciate you um taking the time, you know, to reach out and you know having this chat, and hopefully we can do it again. Of course, it was a pleasure having you on the show, champ. Already looking forward to doing it again. The genius Romero making his way to the cage. And he is set and ready to take on Sean Felton, the next big thing out in this area. I tell you what, Sean Felton has been on a rise. He has taken out every single one of his opponents. But Anthony Romero is no stranger to taking out his opponents as well. So this is a very tough one. Standing 5 feet 11 inches tall. Official weight at even 156 pounds. This modern vision and parabellum MMA fighter has a professional record of one victory, no defeats. Ladies and gentlemen, from Welland, Ontario, Canada, presenting Anthony the Genius. today is special guest Anthony the genius Romero how's it going today Anthony I'm doing all right how are you not too bad so today Anthony is going to help us break down UFC 241 yeah so we're gonna start off breaking down the fights uh, of course we're gonna start off with Paulo Costa versus Yuel Romero moving on to Nate Diaz and Anthony Pettis and the main event probably the biggest fight of the year Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic for the world heavyweight title so what are your thoughts on the very first fight? The first fight, Yuval uh, Romero versus Paulo Costa. Yuval Romero representing the country of Cuba, uh, training in Miami currently. Paulo Costa representing Brazil. Um, for this fight, I believe Yuval Romero has the advantage because of his Olympic caliber wrestling. Um, both guys are kind of even with the cardio department. They tend to wear off in the later rounds. Um, Paulo Costa has probably the advantage in the striking, so it's it'll be an interesting match. I could see this fight going to decision, um, and in the later rounds, both guys kind of dying down with their gas tank, um, and, and yeah, but it, it should be an interesting fight. Both guys super muscular, uh, which means that their body will require a lot more oxygen, um, and yeah. The second fight we're breaking down today is Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz coming off a long layoff with his last fight against Conor McGregor. I think in my opinion that'll hurt him a little bit. Um, Anthony Pettis moving up to welterweight fighting um, welterweight, right? Yeah, yeah, he fought welterweight against uh, Wonderboy. Uh, he won by knockout in his last fight, which is pretty, uh, pretty rare uh, for Anthony Pettis lately. He was coming off a huge losing streak um, before that fight, uh, he was the former 
or he is the former lightweight champion. Um, and yeah, this will be an interesting fight because Nate Diaz is, is known for a striker, as well as Pettis. Uh, both guys are pretty even in the grappling department. I would give it a slight edge for the wrestling for Anthony Pettis. And um, I would give the advantage for cardio-wise uh, to Nate Diaz. Even coming off that layoff, uh, I know that, that Diaz is always training. He's always competing in triathlons, uh, a lot of bike riding, a lot of running. Uh, so that'll, that'll give him the, uh, the slight advantage. But uh, overall, uh, I believe Pettis will have the, have the win in that. Um, but it'll be a tough, a tough decision, especially in the uh, halfway through the second round and the third round. And last but not least, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic for the main event. Can you give us your thoughts on that, Anthony? Yeah, so uh, both both fighters are, are great. Um, Stipe Miocic holding the record for longest uh, heavyweight title defenses, uh, that being uh, three, I believe. Um, and uh, DC, one of the, the greatest heavyweights of all time. He uh, it'll, it'll be a tough match for, for Stipe coming off that, uh, that knockout in the last fight. As well, uh, Stipe coming off a, a long layoff, about a year since his last fight, and that being against Daniel Cormier, who he lost the title to. So it, that uh, that will be uh, an interesting fight. Both guys are wrestlers, but DC has the advantage still in that, as uh, he is an Olympic wrestler, uh, which is totally different from from college wrestling. And uh, and yeah, DC, uh, he's been known for his cardio. He can he knows when to push. So. He, uh, he's no no uh, no slouch in that area, um, so that'll be a great fight. I can see this as well going to decision. Um, if it is a finish in the first round, that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. And do you think this is the last time we'll be seeing Daniel Cormier? I believe so. I believe so. I think uh, that's the, the hardest part for a fighter is to know when to to finish. He's done so many great things, holding two titles at once. Um, just so many defenses, and uh, he, he's been a great, a great part of, of the UFC. Um, I know he has a lot of things going on outside of the UFC. He's a commentator for the UFC. Uh, he also has wrestling camps and and a lot of things going outside of that. Uh, so I, I believe that it is a good time, probably the best time for him to retire, and that is especially if he does win this fight. Um, there's not much out there other than the uh, John Jones fight that I know a lot of people want to see But uh, I know he doesn't have much to prove and uh, I believe it's time for him to take this win and, and ride off in the sunset And what are your official picks for all three fights that we just broke down? So first fight my pick is Yoel Romero. How can you not go uh, with the Romero? Uh, that is my pick for that one uh, second fight is Anthony Pettis. I believe he will squeak out uh, a decision. Um, and uh, last but not least, my man DC. I have him winning that again by decision. Uh, I know all these decisions sound pretty boring, but I feel like the fights are gonna be really exciting. If, uh, if my predictions are wrong, then uh, that'll be even better. So uh, what, uh, what, who do you have? My three picks are starting with also Yoel Romero. Um, I'll say he'll finish it in the first round. Uh, he's a pretty good striker. Um, we'll see where that goes. And uh, the second fights, uh, Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz. I'll take Showtime Pettis. We'll say decision. And the main events, I'll be taking Stipe 
hopefully he'll take that title back. Awesome, awesome. I really appreciate you having me uh, on your breakdown segment of uh, I'm Behind the Grind. And I uh, look forward to uh, breaking down more fights with you. Yeah, that's my pleasure. And that's all we have today for you folks. We'll see you on episode two.